You're listening to The Private Citizen, your weekly data privacy and occasional history podcast. This is episode 34 for Saturday, the 8th of August, 2020, Socialism Primer. Hello, everybody. I'm back. As usual, Fab, Fabian Alexander Scherche, be the full name. Your host here, um, come to you from Hamburg from my studio uh, on a very very hot day um i might not be wearing a shirt <laughs> i re leave the rest up to your ima imagination yeah it's, as usual here just off uh, runway 33 of hamburg international airport and i'm recording a um second episode this week because um of reasons i mean i've, I've I talked about uh, i'm gonna go on a motorbike trip soon and then there'll be a week um, where I won't, won't, won't be able to release an episode because I'll, I'll be in, in Norway riding around on a motorbike. And um, that's why I'm doing the next episode here. So um, so to kind of fill that gap, uh, pre-fill that gap, as it were. And it actually looks like the uh, the tour is going to go ahead as planned. It looks like my motorbike is, uh, is fixed. So though that's good. And it looks like the uh, coronavirus panic isn't... isn't that big like the new the uh the second wave panic is is that big that at that currently that they'll, they'll close the borders and the danish close the borders again so i hope that'll um that'll that'll stay the way it is um let's have a quick interruption here to get some coffee down here it's, it's very hot but uh, still need my coffee yeah, so it looks like it's all going to go ahead as planned, which is nice. Um, so we'll have an extra episode here for you. Um, and today, this is going to be something a bit special. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna try to do um, lay down some base knowledge that we'll probably need in the future. And I will try to explain to you what socialism is today, because I feel that is needed. Um, I... Why? Why is that needed? I should probably, before I do anything else, uh, probably go in, should go into that. Um, it is uh, just a uh, a term that is coming up uh, in political discussions more and more, especially in the current US uh, election um, and the run-up to that. And I feel like a lot of people use it wrong. They don't know what socialism is. Um, it seems to be a problem of, I guess, my generation of the millennials, um, especially the younger. I mean, I'm I'm like right on the edge, right? I'm, I'm I feel more like a what's the thing before Gen Xer um, or whatever that is. Um, but yeah, um, and you know, I did uh, I did quite a lot of uh, history and politics studies in university uh, for quite a while. I don't have a didn't leave university with a degree, but uh, I did a lot of studying, and I did modern history. So um, I'm I'm aware, uh, you know, did a lot of stuff about the Russian Revolution and all kind of, and you know, you kind of gotta, you know, if history of Germany, if you wanna, you know, the Weimar Republic, that is all um, intimately linked with with socialism and communism, and I mean, for this, it this is not gonna be a privacy show, but I I you know. I'd ask you to bear with me. Uh, this episode is not going to be about privacy, but I, I'd bear you to ask uh, to to stay with me here because I think it's it's going to be interesting, and it's something we need um, when we when we talk about privacy as well. Because 
um, a big part of the privacy problems we have today um, are connected with capitalism and are, you know, I, I've used the term surveillance capitalism before um, we talked about that. And, and that's an important, important part of the problems we face. Now, I feel like you cannot understand what capitalism is if you don't understand what socialism is. Um, that should be obvious um, when you know that the term capitalism was not invented, but popularized by Karl Marx, um, who, you know, basically developed the modern idea of socialism that we have. And so it was always, um, in a way, the, the term capitalism in itself is um, was, in, was invented or put in use by Marx and Engels to delineate what was going on from their goal of socialism. And often when you talk about stuff, political stuff today, and people talk about um, privacy and companies spying on you and surveillance capitalism. Um, they use terms like late-stage capitalism, which is also a term that originates with uh, communists and I think with Marx as well. Um, and they they seem sympathetic to a, a cause where we need to abolish capitalism. And um, why I understand, you know, capitalism, certainly our system has many problems. Um, why I understand that, I feel if you want that, you need to understand what the alternative is. So we're going to talk about um, socialism today. I'm recording this episode ahead of time, uh, right a day after I recorded episode 33. So there is currently um, not any feedback uh, there. So I, I won't be go into uh, feedback uh, in, in this show. So we'll probably do that in the, in the next episode. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do one more episode because before I leave for my holiday, um, and I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, feedback there. And I guess this episode should garner some feedback. Some people should disagree with me on this um, because it's a very controversial subject, especially today. And as usual, please go to privatecitizen.press. There's show notes on there for this episode as for every other episode. And there are links in there how to um, contact me, uh, contact links, uh, how to send me feedback. Um, which I would appreciate very much. If you disagree with anything or if you have stuff to add, please um, please do that. Please contact me. I'm open for a dialogue and I'd love to um, discuss it, discuss what you're saying on the show as well. Um, you can also write me anonymously or if you request that I leave your name out or not read your mail on the air or whatever, or your message, I will totally do so. Um, so there's another, there's going to be another special thing for this uh, episode because the show notes will be, I guess, uh, mostly images, uh, mostly photos. I've got three pages of written notes that I've prepared. Um, so they are kind of handwritten show notes and I'm not going to type that, those up. So I know that that is an accessibility um, problem and it will be, will be the exception, not the rule. Uh, going forward, but it's just, I had to sit down uh, with some, actually, uh, I used university uh, books, um, textbooks, and, you know, from my history uh, studies. Um, so, you know, from pretty much 15 years ago, and they're all in German, and I, you know, I just took some notes. Um, I did that because I feel that today, like, if you, for example, go to Wikipedia and, and call up the um, article of, you know, the socialism um, uh, page on, on, on Wikipedia. It is very, very, I would say um, there are many incorrect things in there. It's it's very biased, I feel. Um, it feels to me it is written by people who are very, um, 
sympathetic of the uh of the concept of socialism and it is certainly not what i would consider the scientific consensus that we have uh, within you know if you study history so i used my books uh you know the stuff i mean i'm I'm gonna build this episode mostly on what i learned at university and i can mostly tell you the stuff just you know from my by heart um but i i looked some stuff up um because it's been it's been like 15 years um and yeah so that's 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 the sources i used um just in case you're wondering um there is there are some good resources out there on you know the history of the industrial revolution on marxism leninism on stalinism on what socialism is but you have to dig them up a bit and um i don't know i didn't i didn't i that that was for me in my situation all right it was just too much work to you know basically go looking for links and go read out through all the stuff just put that in the show notes because i basically know what i'm talking about um you know i just had to look up some some stuff but uh so yeah that's, so that's that's the way the show notes are structured this time um if that's a problem for you i'm, I'm sorry it's not going to be the the rule going forward it's just what we'll have to do for this episode and another quick disclaimer obviously i'm still having um as you might hear uh allergy issues i've, I've got healthy hay fever from hell hell fever pretty yeah, hell fever that's pretty much what it is so you know if i sound a bit rough that's that's why that is uh but with all all of that out of the way 10 minutes of like disclaimers and things um why don't we just talk about you know what socialism is so the the most important thing you have to say at the beginning when you want to define socialism is that this term has meant is a highly political term and it has meant many things to many people uh, throughout the times and there is no one definition there's no unambiguous definition of, of socialism especially uh, when you look, look at it historically you know the 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 western european meaning of socialism which pretty much originated in well it originally originated in france and england but you know the modern version marx and engels it's a very german um concept you know it was developed in germany and then subsequently uh brought to russia uh and developed further there and so socialism for example in asia um you know in uh in, in china and uh in asian countries means something very different from what socialism means in europe so i'm, I'm gonna go by the traditional european um meaning of the word um and of course today it's 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 used to mean a lot of things and i feel when for example i've mean i've said this for years um even like on on older podcasts i did you know on linux outlaws where it talked about linux sometimes politics came up and people would use the word socialism I'm like americans have no idea what the word socialism means um generally when an american politician let's take uh aoc alexandra uh ocasio-cortez uh, which is a de democratic uh she uh, i think a congresswoman um she uh when she uses that what what i feel what she means is social democracy and i'm gonna i'm gonna delineate that 
uh, further. I mean, if she actually means socialism with the stuff she says, pretty much like Bernie Sanders, if if those, I mean, Bernie Sanders is older, so I don't know if, but if if AOC uses that the way she uses that term, um, there's only two possibilities: either a she's clueless what it actually means. Um, or she's very, very cynical and calculated and, and is using it as a political tool um, and in, in actually knows what socialism is, but uses it in a completely different sub, uh, context, which I find, I, mean, I feel like Bernie Sanders must be uh, in the second camp because he is old enough uh, to have grown up uh, during the Cold War and, you know, during an era where... You know, it was it was more widespread knowledge what socialism and communism is. I feel like a lot of stuff has been forgotten. You know, people like um, in the in the millennial generation and maybe even the Zuma generation, they don't really they use the term socialism and they don't know what it means. You know, they don't. It's it's it's. I mean, it's, it's more understandable to me if you're in the UK or in the US. But if you're in Germany, um, even at you know if, at that age, I mean, the, yes, the German uh, Democrat. Democratic Republic, uh, the GDR, or as we say here, DDR. So the 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 state in 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 the east of Germany, when Germany before Germany was united, um, again reunited, um, that purported to be a socialist state. Um, they don't, you know. Of course, I I you know I grew up. Um, you know, one of my earliest memories is actually my parents sitting in front of the TV for like nights in a row and I, they'd never done that. And that was when the Berlin Wall fell, but I didn't know what happened at the time. So I was way too young, but I, I still remember that, that, you know, I remember going to the East. I'm, you know, when I was really young, I remember people waiting at the border for hours. I re actually remember the shape of Kalashnikov rifles uh, from my earliest childhood because of that. And so I have a I have a, I have a connection there, and I've always been interested in in what socialism means. But I feel like people who grew up later were like maybe ten years younger than me, um, and who are now in their like mid twenties. They even in Germany they have no connection to that, and they they don't understand what socialism means. And they've you know they've obviously people you know not everybody studies history and doesn't look into that. And I feel that that's this is, is very dangerous. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm one of the reasons I'm doing this episode. So it's not clearly defined, but you know, I'm going kind of by that. I'm trying to stick to the, like the German Western European kind of, you know, definition of the word. Um, now there is, there are three terms that are often used synonymously. There is socialism, there's communism and there's social democracy. Now, until pretty much in the, you know, until the end of the 19th century, these three terms were used pretty much inter interchangeably, which is something where the confusion also comes from, I feel. And um, the term socialism, the first time it can be actually pinpointed is uh, 1827. So this is, uh, you know, Marx was, I think, 11 at the time. Um, so he, um, he didn't, you know, he didn't invent the term, but, um, he's, he's probably most closely associated with developing it. And, um, so th this is also why I was interested in it at university. I mean, I've, you know, I, I started reading Das Kapital when I was just, I think even, you know, just in my first year at university when I wasn't even, um, 
it, it wasn't part of my studies. I just read it because I was, you know, I, st I was studying at Bonn University, and one of the f most famous people have, has, who has studied at Bonn University is Karl Marx. So I was like, okay, I gotta kind of check that out. And my uh, parents uh, have always been social democrats, so I kind of, you know, it was something I was interested in. Um, so that's 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 why I, st I started looking into it now. Socialism in itself, the term, um, it is, it is a, it is an ideal, right? It is an idolized idea. It's a, it's not something that really exists in reality. Um, of course, in the Soviet Union, there was, or you know, East Germany, there was this idea of socialism in real life, in reality. But uh, I mean how that was actually what what socialism is you know you define it as is is very questionable so socialism basically aims to see so socialism is a direct consequence of the industrial revolution and it 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 as a concept it it aims to seize the means of production and put them under the control of society at large And this is, um, you know, in the Industrial Revolution, basically what happened is um, the processes of uh, manufacturing things got automated to some degree. You know, before that, you had, you know, you had somebody who was a, you had craftsmen, right? You had somebody who learned to make shoes and they learned the craft from somebody. And then they basically had a shoe store. They made shoes themselves and sold them. And can they kind of owned the store? Usually, you know, they, they, maybe there there were bigger stores and they had some other employees. But generally, people would go to like let's say they would go to a shoe store, learn the craft from somebody for a few years, work for them, you know, to you know, they'd give their labor in exchange to learning how to make shoes. Then they know how to make shoes, and then they would go and open their own store. You know, you'd have your own, your own, you'd own the means of protection, so to say, because the means of protection were your hands and a few tools. Um, so everybody kind of usually owned their, you know, owned their own business basically. And what happened in the industrial revolution is, um, to, to create more complex goods and to make that streamline that whole process, automation came in and this whole idea of basically getting a lot of people together and everybody does a little step in in the production of something, let's say shoes, right? You'd, you'd then work in a factory. After the Industrial Revolution, you, you'd work in a factory and you would probably just build, a, you, you'd have one, so, you know, making a shoe would be, I don't know, 200 different things you have to do, let's say. I don't know. I've never made a shoe. But let's say it's like 200 different steps, right? And you'd be in a factory and you'd, you'd now, instead of doing the whole, sh building the, making the whole shoe like you would do traditionally, you now work in a factory with lots of other people and you just make, do two or three steps, you know? You'd, somebody would do something and, you know, that maybe by the time you're actually, you, you, where, where you were in the line, the shoe was half built and then you'd make three, three steps and then you'd hand it on to the next person. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't own part of the factory, right? This this wouldn't be your business. The idea would be that you would be hired by the factory and you'd be paid for your labor. And so the thing that the Industrial Revolution changed was that people weren't craftsmen anymore, by and large. 
um, people by and large, or there was a new class of people which which were um, contract laborers, basically. You know, people who who were hired by somebody to do a certain certain work. I mean, this, this existed before, but generally that this this automation and all of this this changed the landscape of of um of society and of business and it created a um a situation which is actually that is the beginning of what marx and engels and other theory you know um other thinkers would would then call capitalism uh capitalism birthing like a new class of people first of contract first of all contract laborers who have nothing they don't own anything they just they just work every day and get money for that um and then another class of people who you know who own the factory who do not work at all who just have people working for them and they just sell the goods and this is the you know this is the means of production that marx always talks about and that's the idea in das kapital that these owners of the factories own the means of production and make money of that. Um, and they have the capital, they create capital and the laborer doesn't have any power because the laborer just, just works, doesn't own anything. <laughs> That's where, where, you know, trade unions came from. And this is how all of this, um, developed. So socialism in a way was a reaction to these new, to these workers and grievances they had, you know, um, you'd actually uh, the mach- what what would happen in the industrial revolution is you'd you'd make the creation of 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 goods much more efficient. You'd need less people, um, and so people there were lots of unemployed people. So that meant that if you wanted to hire laborers for your factory, labor was very cheap, and there were no rights, no protections for workers. Right, they could hire you, they could fire you the next day. Um, and as a worker, you know, that would put you, you know, that created the, what Mark, Marx called the proletariat. So the worker class that was in a very bad position because they didn't own any capital. They didn't own anything, you know, they were just hired for their labor and could just, you know, get hired and fired every day. So socialism in itself was a, a reaction to that. Now, um, socialism is, uh, is an idea, right? We're, we're talking, we're talking idealism here. We, we're not specifically talking... I mean, this was all born in reality, but socialism in itself is like a philosophy. It's not It's not so much grounded in reality. Um, and it has certain tenets. So it, in, in, in socialism, um, if you're an adherent of socialism, you, you feel that the community is more important than the individual, right? Socialism in itself is a reaction. It's a movement um, that counters um, something I stand for in this podcast very much, which is, you know, civic individualism and liberalism. So, you know, people being individuals and, and the understanding that you're free and the understanding that you have a state and you have a constitution and you're, you have a certain degree of freedom as a person. Um, socialism does not believe in that because socialism negates personal as a as an idea it negates uh, personal differences differences between people socialism as a i mean socialism if you look at it you know i'm not i'm not religious so i look at 
at religion um, in a different way than somebody who's maybe religious, right? In a in a historical context, if you study his historical science and you look at religion, if you look at socialism, it is pretty much the same way. It's a it's an idea how people are and how people should live their life, um, and so for, for example, if socialism believes that people aren't different, that people are all the same, and it believes that everybody needs to be the same, everybody needs to be equal for for a society as a just and a perfect society to exist. So originally, socialism is, is a very utopian philosophy, which is what attracts people to it. Um, you know, which is what most left-leaning people you know this i mean the the ideas are the idea behind socialism is is a is a very kind one it's um well if you leave the you know negating personal liberties out of that um the goal is to make everybody in society happy and i mean that's a that's a very laudable goal and that's what attracts many people who are left leaning to this kind of thinking um the downside is that you have to to make everybody the same and that you you use the state to do that you have to to make to create this perfect world where everybody's happy you have to make everybody the same and you know i mean i'm i'm going to mix in some personal opinion here um of course in the show all over the place um that's where it falls apart now i'm these days you know you get older i'm i'm much more um right-leaning than i was as a as a kid i mean i was never a follower when i was young and at university i was never a follower of socialism i i was a a full-on social democrat and i'm going to delineate that as i said later um but um i've i've moved more and more to you know a conservative position i mean the left-leaning progressive position is we need to change so our society um capitalism isn't working and then you you have degrees right are you a full-on socialist or a communist do you want revolution do you want to change um, society that way or do you are you more of a social democrat and you want to change society within itself you know within the constitution of a state and stuff like that and i was always more in that direction um but um i mean the 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 thing that that always irked me about socialism is this that the independence of individuals is uh, is 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 denied and largely restricted within this system of thinking and as if you listen to this podcast it, it, it will be obvious after like 33 episodes that i'm a, a very individualist person and i believe in personal liberties and that's the reason why i do this podcast so i'm from from that standpoint i'm immediately at odds with Marx and with Engels and with the idea of socialism. Um, it is also, you know, if you start working and so the, so the idea behind socialism is this, right? We are, you have a company now, we have a, we, do, we don't really have a capitalist system in Germany. We have something called, we have developed it into something called soziale Marktwirtschaft, which is a social economics. It is a mixture of capitalism and free markets um, that are tempered by um, social policies. We don't have, we don't have a completely free market. You know, we have, we have labor rights and labor unions and stuff like that. And, um, 
But still, let's say, you know, let's call it a capitalist society we live in. And you start working, you work in a, in a company, and of course things are not just, right? You have, you have an owner of the company who pretty much doesn't work at all, uh, who, who makes a lot of money because it's, it's his company. Um, you have higher ups in the company who make a lot more money than you. Uh, they're not specifically working more than you or working harder in a lot of cases. So, you know, it's a, it's an, un, it's, it's, it's inherently an unjust system. It's not, it's, it's, it's not about people being treated the same at all. Um, on the other hand, if you if you'd imagine a socialist system, and if you looked at socialist system, for example, in Eastern Germany, um, you'd have um, structures that are pretty much like companies, but they're just you know cooperatives or whatever. And the idea of socialism is that everybody does what he wants to do. Everybody works um, to their own um, as much as they can and in the field as they can and and then, then and everybody owns everything together and that will lead to a society where everybody's happy and everybody just does what they want to do but you know everybody who's ever worked in a company with more than 100 employees knows the following um people don't people are not the same people are very different um so you know there are people who work a lot and they enjoy their work or they're just very, I don't know, maybe they want to rise in the ranks or whatever, but, you know, they maybe they just enjoy what they do and they work a lot. Um, and, and let's say, um, you know, my personal uh, work experience, let's let's say we, we're talking a publishing company, right? And you have, you have somebody who loves being a journalist and, and, and works a lot. And then, you know, maybe it's in, in some degrees actually stays longer than other people, you know, and then goes home and in their free time, you know, does a podcast for free for people or writes stuff on their blog and is very driven and, and does a lot of things. And then in the same company, at the same pay grade, in the same job, next to this person, you have another person who just sits there, does what they're asked by their boss to do, doesn't write a line of text more than that, and then goes home right and just does what they're told to do um or, you know some some people do even less you know and they make the same amount of money and that in itself if you're in a company and you watch that and then you think you're in a system that is built on everybody just working to their own heart's desire and every and the presumption that everybody is inherently the same um you know that that doesn't you know why socialism can never succeed i feel socialism can never succeed because it is a it is built on an understanding of humanity that's not reality um it's built on an underst on a, on a well meaning understanding of reality on a meaning of, on a on a thinking way you you're like okay if we just have a just system and don't oppress anybody then anybody everybody will be happy and will 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 contribute um their you know and pull their weight and and be invested in society and that's just not how human beings work you know human beings cheat they lie they are slack so some people are very you know some people don't work a lot some people work a lot some people are very driven um some people know exactly what they want to do in life some people have no idea um <laughs> and 
that you know that's that that that's my feeling why this system this inherent system uh doesn't doesn't work anyway we have which you know if we talk about socialism um interestingly uh these the term for example socialism and com communism which are often I, I think people don't understand many people these days don't understand the difference between the two and one of the reasons might be that until the middle of the 19th century these weren't separate at all um but if we talk about socialism today um we're talking marx and engels and they took so already during the french revolution a time of you know big upheaval social upheaval and not only in france but you know spreading from france all over europe um there were like these thinkers in in france and in in, in england who developed um the first ideas of this 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 um utopian version of socialism um and this is this comes from Uh, ideas of the age of enlightenment and and that's that's why these you know that's that's where these this 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 even thought i mean this this whole it's, it's uh, hard for me to to explain what i'm trying to say here um this 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 basic understanding of the world right this 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 encompassing understanding of 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 people you know what i just told you what i think is wrong where that comes from you know um that, that comes from enlightenment that, that comes from the from believing in progress and believing in in humanity being um you know humanism be believing that humanity in itself is 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 good and that human beings um are only um do only do bad things if they are put in the situ in bad situations mostly by the state um i guess and marx and engels they called this this new version of socialism which is basically what we mean today when you say socialism they called that scientific socialism and i'll put that in air quotes because that's what they called it it was not very scientific what they did is they used scientific methods and terms to um to build the ideology i mean this is a, this is an ideology they did pretty much people object to me saying this but I, i i very much believe this they did the same thing the nazis did who were on the right you know roughly the same time you know max engels are earlier but you know in some way nazism um, and 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 fascism is a reaction to communism and socialism um They build an they built an ideology like the Nazis, the, the the Marx and Engels and the communists built an ideology on on scientific methods, but not the scientific method, right? They it looks like science, but it it, it doesn't have the same mindset. Science is open minded. Science is I have a hypothesis, and I do experiments, and. If these experiments show that my hypothesis hypothesis was wrong, I changed the hypothesis, right? Um, these these ideologies are built on a thinking where you're like, no, my hypothesis is right, and you you bend facts and you bend realities and you bend your experiments in air quotes to make it true. Um, what you're saying so in a way where the nazis uh, used this to you know under lay a groundwork of, of racism basically you know um you know 
create the idea that that there are races with humans you know that humans are inherently different um Marx and Engels did this in another arena, you know, not quite as sinister, but it's it's mostly about economics, right? They did, they 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 constructed a um, an ideological understanding of how society was at the time, called it capitalism, and then said this is wrong. We need to change and we need to move to a new way of constructing our society and called that socialism. And they used scientific-looking um, ideas and terms and constructions to do this, but it, it's not open-ended, right? They were not like, hey, um, our theory that humans are like this is like this, and then we look at humans with an open mind. We're like, maybe our theory wasn't that right. No, it, it was a means to an end to prove that that, you know, I mean, mostly we're talking angles here, right? Marx was, was the guy who mostly published it and stuff, but most of these theories actually go back to angles. And so they built this construct of, you know, social classes. They defined social classes. They defined the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. Um, so, you know, the, the workers and the people holding their capital. And they said that history... Um, or modern history in Europe is always um, characterized by these classes and by class warfare or class struggle, um, Klassenkampf. Um, and I mean, a lot of the stuff they they theorized um, is you can see where it comes from. You know, it, it does have sound roots, but the problem is it's an ideology and it's, it's not so much beholden to what is in reality as what you want reality to be. Um, and, you know, things are, when you get older, I feel you, you will see things are always more gray than you think when you're younger. Um, that's why you, I personally feel you, um, gravitate to ideas like this, like socialism, you want to make the world better, you see a lot of things in black and white, you see good and bad. And as, I mean, that's my experience as I grew older, but you, you can read that over literature back to the ancient Greeks. Um, people realize when they go older that things are not as black and white. They're, they're pretty much gray. They're, the truth is always in the middle. The truth is never Republicans or Democrats or Social Democrats and Christian, so, so, um, Christian, Christian Democrats or Conservatives. It's always somewhere in the middle, right? And socialism in itself isn't the devil. It has good ideas. Um, and capitalism isn't as bad as people think it is. It has problems, but, you know, it also has... It also largely works, right? There's there's all these gray, um, gray areas, but that's not how does Das Kapital works. If you read Das Kapital, if you read the uh, manifesto of the uh, Communist Party, that that's you know the, those were political, um, basic. I mean, you know, pretty much. But it's a, propaganda is a harsh word, but you know, there were fighting slogans and fighting texts to to galvanize people into what you're trying the world to be. They're not they're not scientifically accurate descriptions of what the world is. And well, I'd, I'd said for a while now that I want to delineate um, 
social democracy and 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 you know socialism or communism and in germany um this this description is pretty clear cut i've i've learned that it it is very different in the uk um it's very different for the labor party but in germany so in about you know um 1917 1918 uh, 1917 1918 the the spd was um oh no sorry i'm 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 so I'm, I'm wrong here so the spd so the the social socialist um no, the Social Democrat Party of Germany was was founded earlier, right, um, in, the, in the 19th century. But in 1917, 1918, after the First World War, over like questions of war um, credits and of the economy, you know, it was a time where the economy was, uh, Germany was suffering under very strong economic uh, problems. And this social democrat party split and there was like an uspd and an spd and basically the communist party uh was created and ever since that time in in germany it is quite easy to delineate socialists and social democrats because the socialists were on the, on the communist side right they were on the side of the spartacus bund which became the communist party of germany and they believed that to create socialism and to create this just society we were talking about um you need um a revolution um you need you need radical change i mean a revolution means the uh, you know the Weimar Weimar Republic at, at this point. You know the first German democratic government. Um, the system doesn't work. Uh, a revolution means you overthrow the the system of government and you create a new one. That's what the communists and the Spartacus put what they wanted, um, and to create socialism. And the social democrats said no. Um, we also want to create socialism, but we want to create it in a way, um, in a gradual way, and working within. Uh, the democratic uh, framework, right? We don't want a revolution, and that's that's how it's delineated in Germany, pretty much um, historically. Now, um, what what the social democrats in Germany wanted is something that in the uh, in the UK, um, which is <laughs> uh, I don't know if, if I'm named after this, but uh, there there is a possibility with my parents uh, been you know historically very social democrat um in the uk there's a thing called fabianism or the fabian society uh it's named after fabius maximus which was a roman um dictator and a general who was very um cautious he was is historically known for um only fighting battles he could win right he would if you if, if his army would meet another army in the field he would retreat um and and he, you know he would see oh let's say you know um we can't win this fight in the valley so we'll retreat and we'll we'll hold the mountains and let them attack us here because now we hold the high ground and we can win right he would never enter he's famous for never entering battles he couldn't win and what what the fabian society uh, or fabianism says is we want socialism without a revolution we want um the gradual transformation of society uh, towards socialism um, and we don't want radical measures like a revolution. And in the UK, you know, the Labour Party 
uh, traditionally and pretty much all in the Commonwealth, right? In Canada, as far as I understand, in Australia, all all those social democrat parties never had any Marxist ideas. They always embraced this gradual movement. Whereas in Germany, the SPD historically, so all social democrats were um, were split. I mean, they literally split. They were the biggest, uh, most influential party, and they split into. People wanted a revolution, and people who want who respected democracy and wanted gradual change. And that part of the SPD—that's what the SPD, as it was known, you know—that I grew up with in the eighties and the nineties. Uh, you know, there's a discussion if today's SPD is even remotely uh, close to that. But their idea was always: no, we don't want socialism. You know, they developed this uh, soziale Marktwirtschaft, social economy, um, you know, something that the uh, uh, Scandinavian countries like Sweden uh, is very famous for this. So basically, do not have socialism, right? The American uh, politics uh, politicians will say, well, Swedes are socialists. It's completely wrong, right? They didn't have a revolution that, you know, it's, it's a democratic country. They're not socialists. They are social democrat. They're, they, they have a, a social economy. So they don't have completely, like Germany don't, doesn't have completely free markets. You have government oversight. Um, you have social um, uh, programs, rules. Um, you know, this is also a very German tradition. I mean, this goes back to Bismarck uh, when, when, the, uh, when the Kaiserreich still existed. Um, you know, to appease the left, Bismarck created uh, the, uh, you know, social insurance and all of this, you know, basically social welfare. Um, so, so that's the delineation, right? We currently, we do not have any real socialists in Germany. We do have, uh, we still have, you know, a Marxist Leninist party, you know, that you'd call those socialists, but I mean, in, in government, right? The closest thing or in the, um, in the Bundestag, in our parliament, the closest thing we have is the party called Die Linke, the left, uh, which is basically the successor party of the, uh, you know, it's uh, it it goes back to the East German party, the com- you know the the socialist party that you know that that ruled East Germany in a one party system, basically in in a in a dictatorship. You know, I mean, it's 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 hard to. Um, I mean, I've talked about this when we talked about coronavirus in China and how to, you know, it, it let's call it a totalitarian system of government. Um, it was. In, in East Germany, theoretically a democracy, but you only could vote, there was only one party, right? Uh, and pretty much, I mean, that's is ex- exactly the same as Nazi Germany, um, where, you know, the Nazis said, well, it's a democracy, you know, we have, we have uh, at least in the beginning, we have, you know, we have, we have uh, elections and, you know, the Soviet Union and, um, and East Germany just kept that charade up all the way, you know, and they'd always have like ninety eight percent approval and, and all this all this bullshit. Um, so, but the the Die Linke is a democratic party, right? It doesn't want to. At least uh, last time I I looked, it doesn't want to overthrow democracy uh, to create a uh, a socialist state. So, you know, they're not really socialists. And this whole thing got got developed, of course, by Marx and Engels. Um, got then uh, exported to Russia by Lenin, and then got further. So it's Marxist Marxism Leninism 
uh, comes from. And then, of course, got later developed by Stalin um, into what we know as the Soviet Union. But um, the idea of, of, of Lenin was, um, I mean, <laughs> it is, in hindsight... It, it is very clear why the socialist um, experiment in Russia failed, right? Um, so you had, so the Germans actually. I mean, we're within. We're talking World War One here, right? World War One is going on, and I think. Don't let me get this wrong, but I think Lenin was in Austria. He was in exile, right? He was exiled. He was revolutionary. He was exiled from Russia. Um, Russia at this time. Um, ruled by the Tsar, so it was a monarchy. Um, and they had exiled uh, Lenin as a revolutionary. He wanted to overthrow the monarchy to create, you know, communism, socialism. Um, and so the Germans actually gave him a free train ride to all of Germany into Russia because they knew, I mean, Russia was on the other side, right, of the war. They knew if they could get Lenin inside of of Russia and he could incite a revolution, which, you know, he was very vocal about wanting to do, um, then maybe the government would collapse, which would mean Russia got, would get pulled out of the of the war. And that's exactly what happened, right? This is how Russia left World War One because you had the Russian Revolution and you you had the outbreak of a civil war within Russia um, between the, you know, the... the royal you know the loyalist the you know the 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 czar and his loyal following and the communists and the red army who were fighting inside of russia and so the german government at this time knew um i mean this is before the weimar republic right this is uh, the german um yeah you know the kaiserreich um the was bargaining on this and now, why why did socialism in Russia fail? If you read Das Kapital, it is I mean, Engels was German, right? And it is, and it is built on French and English ideas. And France, England, and Germany were highly industrialized uh, countries. And we, you know, this is where the industrial revolution. I mean, it took off late in Germany, but then was just very fast in Germany. And um, and their whole ideas are built on on an understanding on an industrial of what happens to workers in the industrial revolution. Right? It's built on a on countries that have or had at the time um, a a certain demographic and had workers and had, had in, were industrialized. Now, Russia wasn't industrialized. Russia was, for once, a lot bigger <laughs> than, than any of these countries Marx and Engels had talked about, you know, than Germany or, or France or the UK. Um, Russia is still the biggest country on the planet. It's huge. Um, it was not industrialized at all. Russia was a, um, a, a peasant state, you know, a... a um, the the largest the the by far the biggest 
percentage of the Russian uh, populace was farmers, was making their, their, you know, they're earning their living by being farmers. And farmers, by definition, aren't workers. They're not working in, in factories. So Russia wasn't in, industrialized and wasn't a worker state. And what Lenin tried to do is to, is try to ex export these ideas of Marx and Engels um, to a state that wasn't a worker state. And this is why the whole thing, you know, went off the rails from the beginning. Um, I mean, I've read, I'm, I'm very interested in, in Stalin. I've read a, a very long, uh, Stalin, uh, biography, uh, just, just a few years ago. And, you know, it obviously, it also deals with, with the, the, the building of the Soviet Union of the first Soviets. And if you look at the people that are in, in the party that are, um, you know, uh, perpetuating i'm causing this revolution and are forming this new state they are all intellectuals i mean you know marx was um, marx and engels wasn't you know they, they weren't they were dead they weren't part of this but you know they were intellectuals socialism is is an idea that intellectuals had it is yes it is it is to benefit the workers but it wasn't thought up by workers it was thought up by people who went to university who, who who were intellectuals and the soviet union is the same thing so they were e they were either uh, intellectuals or professional revolutionaries or both you know lenin was both he was an intellectual and he was a professional revolutionary stalin wasn't an intellectual even you know so stalin was a um you know, he, he, well, he did study, he did study to become a monk, uh, you know, a priest. Um, but he wasn't, he wasn't really an intellectual. He was a professional revolutionary. And so, so you have this, this, these Soviets, like these uh, councils, right. Of, of you, that, that are building a workers Republic. And I think in the beginning, they had one worker in the whole, in the whole government. They had one, one guy who actually once worked in a factory and, That was a problem from the beginning for the for the you know Soviet Union because you'd have you'd have this government who'd who'd say yeah, we we are the workers' revolution and they're not workers and then and the work they're doing things where the workers are like well this isn't helping us we're still working in factories we're still doing the same thing it's just now it's the worker state and we're all supposed to be happy um, so so that's why the whole thing never really came to socialism but we have to we have to talk about all these different terms so so what you have is capitalism right and then um this is what lenin wanted and this is the lenin system um so he what lenin what lenin's mission was um Le marx and engels were theorists they, they they wrote these theories um how to you know how to create this utopian state out of of uh, out of our miserable existence. And Lenin's mission was, let's actually do that. And I'm Russian, so let's do it in Russia. So he was, his idea was, you know, people were unhappy with the Tsar anyway, especially World War I was going on. He was like, let's implement this in reality. And so he went from a state of capitalism, which, yeah, I don't know, the problem is how much does Russia at that time confer to actually Marx and Engels' vision of capitalism, but from a capitalist monarchist state, uh, have a revolution um, and then go towards communism. And then, um, you know, communism being the um, the practical, actual state of, 
you know, of, of government or what it's actually, it's, you know, it's kind of the, it's, in itself, it's like the, um, the opposite of government, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's everybody owning everything. And, but it's kind of where, where, where socialism is a, an abstract idea, an idealist idea. Communism is actually a model to, to do that in reality. Um, and to get there, you know, after the revolution, Lenin cr cr created, a um, an idea of what he called the dictatorship of the proletariat. So he said to get from, from capitalism to communism, you know, the socialist ideal, we need to, the, the proletariat needs to seize the means of production and we need a dictatorship. We need to rebuild society. We have a revolution and we need to rebuild society to, to become this socialist ideal. And the Soviet Union never in all its time, you know, until, you know, 1991 or whenever it completely collapsed, never progressed past the state. It was always, well, they, they were calling it practical socialism, but it wasn't, it wasn't communism. It was basically still the dictatorship of the proletariat. Because you had a party, you had a ruling elite that, 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 that governed the state. It wasn't socialism. It wasn't, it wasn't everybody owns everything. Right, we all own everything together. We do not have a government because we don't need a government, um, because we're all cooperative. Right, um, that that never materialized. That never happened. Um, and I'm I'm personally of the opinion that it can't happen because um, it fundamentally contradicts human nature. But you know, we can never have a discussion about that. Um, and so Marx itself said socialism is uh is the process of attaining communism and communism being this idea that you know it's all communes it's all we all own everything together and everybody does um as they can and everybody gets you know a just share and so having explained all of that <laughs> you you kind of you kind of understand why you know, modern politicians saying we need socialism is a somewhat ludicrous idea because they don't understand what socialism is. I mean, this, this, I've, I've talked about this for like 50 minutes now. And this, this, this whole historical, um, diatribe, let's call it that is, uh, just serves to illustrate that socialism does not exist and cannot exist in reality. Right, socialism is an idea uh, like world peace. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it may be, it may be a worthwhile goal to work towards, but it will never happen. As long, as long as human history has has existed, there has always been war and fighting between people. And yes, we can minimize it, but I don't think we'll ever get rid of it. And in the same vein, as long as history has existed, there were always people who had more than other people. And there were all, always injustices. There were always certain people that were discriminated against in, in any, in any state, in any form where humans are together. That, that is happening. That is just, you, I mean, you cannot look at history and not tell me that that is human nature. And the problem is, Socialist is the idea. Socialism is the idea of a bunch of um, <laughs> today you would say privileged white men. You know, a bunch of um, 
intellectuals, intellectuals that think they can create heaven on earth, which doesn't work. I mean, to, to implement socialism, what the communists try to do in Russia is because, you know, in a, in a, in a, um, in a capitalist state, you know, or, or in a soziale Marktwirtschaft, uh, you know, social um, economy, you basically have the free market running things, right? You have the, 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 the market in itself decides, I mean, I'm not an expert in economy, but, you know, and from a historical political perspective, um, the market basically governs who creates what and, you know, who creates what goods and what they are worth. You know, it's governed by supply and demand. Of course, that's that's simplistic, but generally the system in itself kind of, um, in, in, in capitalism kind of steers that. And then you have, you know, in, in, in soziale Marktwirtschaft or, you know, in, in, in a social economy, you have people, you have the state kind of steering it as well a little bit, right? You have, you have where you say, well, I don't know, let's say the, the public transport, it's important. will that that's now a property of the state and we'll run that or you know you'd have you'd have the state passing laws that protect um workers rights and you know in germany books have a fixed price because that was decided some you know you have policies like that so it's not black and white it's like a it's like a gray area but in a socialist communist state you the the state it's well in in socialism you assume that at the end everybody's happy and everything just regulates itself and I have never understood how that works. Like I've read the Capital, the Capital several times. I do not understand how that works. It is it is an abstract idea that I just cannot fathom. Um, I know what happened in this uh, in the Soviet Republic or you know in East Germany. You had the state running everything to some degree. I mean there were some free markets and stuff like that. But generally you had the state trying to run everything, trying to decide what goods need to be. Uh, um, produced in what amount what what they can be sold for you know there is if if you if you want to to know how this can go wrong and want to, i mean this is beyond this podcast and want to grasp how big human failure can be um you should read uh, about stalin and um stalin trying to um i don't know what you call it in english community you know basically turn the agricultural production of the Soviet Union into a communist um, system. Because, you know, after the revolution and you had the Communist Party running everything, you basically, they abolished all free markets, but they didn't really, right? They decided to, but like the, the so the, the, the grain market, for example, ran for many, many years. Still, it was a free market. You had supply and demand and you had the state trying to govern it, but generally it was a free market. And Stalin decided this cannot be a free market and we need to, we need to have government oversight and decide who, who creates how much grain. Um, that's, that's where the whole idea of Kulak comes from, you know, a, a farmer who owns more than, you know, who owns more than the other farmers and, you know, employs other farmers and is therefore the bourgeoisie and must be eradicated, right? And Stalin tried to chop up all these agricultural concerns into like little family farms and the whole, the whole wheat market collapsed and, I mean, millions and i should you know millions died of hunger because of that you know there's this concept of of the holodomir in in, in ukraine and this uh, very controversial discussion if that actually was mass murder and stuff but you know 
if you want to read how something like this can go horribly wrong and people can die on a scale that will just completely blow your mind, read about Stalin trying to, you know, um, collectivize, I think it's called collectivize the, uh, you know, the agri agriculture um, markets or the, the, the agricultural uh, base uh, in the Soviet Union. Um, it, it, it is horrible. It is it is a horrible example in history that should teach us that something like this can never work. Now, of course, these days, um, and this this hooks into what you know this podcast normally about um, privacy and digital, lots of digital matters, and you know um, surveillance capitalism. Um, so the new argument is that, of course, now you can probably run that with AI, right? So the Soviets couldn't run. Um, the economy and couldn't solve that. But these days you could probably uh, seize the means of productions and abolish all um, property and then have the AI run everything. Um, now to see how that goes wrong, I think you have to read Dune and, uh, oh, there's this great uh, episode of Star Trek original series where they go to this planet where the computer runs everything and they just uh they just randomly kill people because it's kind of like that's what they abstracted war down to it's it's great um that's probably what that would look like um but i mean one last thing uh, the, so the another reason why is why socialism um will not really succeed um i mean this was overcome in russia in the russian revolution but generally um, the, basically because of the Russian revolution, everybody in Europe got scared, um, of, of communism because communism means abolishing all property, right? All personal property. And if you own a house, that is scary. To, if you own anything, that's scary to you, right? The, the state comes and says, no, that doesn't belong to you anymore. Everything belongs to the state now. Um, and that was a huge specter. And this is actually in Germany, what, what largely brought the Nazis to power. Um, the Nazis largely uh, capitalized on, well, of obviously on xenophobia, you know, and, and on anti-Semitism, um, hate of uh, fringe groups and, and religions, you know, the Jewish religion, um, but also on the on the fear of of communism and a, a collapsing economy. But then Germans seeing shit, uh, the Russian economy also collapsed, and this is what happened there, right? They, we don't want that. Uh, we don't, we, we, nobody, everybody owns at least something and, and they like, there are very few people who are okay with, with abolishing, um, all personal, all property, which is what socialism means. That is the prerequisite, uh, that the state of the society as a whole owns everything. Um, and you know this, yeah, this is what brought the Nazis to power. Interestingly, uh, one of the things that is currently a lot of l l debated because of the protests that I did an episode on this podcast as well. You know the George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matters and all of that. Um, you have the, this discussion of Antifa in the U.S. where they, first of all, they don't know how to pr pronounce Antifa. They always say Antifa. So Antifa is anti-fascistische Aktion, um, which is a um, more an idea than an actual organization it's a um you know it it, uh, it comes from uh you know the marxism and and the, the the communist party and um it's this idea of you know fighting uh fighting fascism um and 
this has been around uh, since forever. I mean, I don't think it was called Antifa back in the day, but basically, um, so if you know, so with with the Nazis, um, you, you know what the SR is. You know, these were the, the brown shirts um, before they uh, got, you know, got basically uh, a lot of them got killed and, and its power got taken away and they founded the SS. They were like the enforcement arm of the Nazi party of the NSDAP. And the SR, uh, or Sturmabteilung, was originally uh, basically a bodybuilder club. So when the Nazis, uh, you know, let's say in Munich, uh, the Hitler and the Nazis, they would give speeches uh, in a in a in a beer hall, right? Which is where a lot of the political stuff hap- was happening these day- the, the, in those days. You'd have like this; they'd have like this uh, this department within the party of burly men who were basically working out all day. Uh, and they they would be the protection, and they started having this because um, the 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 communists would 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 you know when the when the Nazis when the fascists would would, would give a rally you know the communists had seen what the fascists were doing in Italy, and you know they they this is the antithesis of um, uh, of socialism because socialism communism says all people are the same, <laughs> and, you know the fascists the Nazis. Uh, their whole idea, their whole Weltbild, their whole ideology is built on the opposite, right? People are not the same. People are very different. There are, there's a master race, you know, and there's like black people who are worth the, as much as animals or something, you know, that's what they built their um, ideology on. So the, the communists want to fight that. And they literally fought that. They went to the beer hole and just stormed the place and beat people up. And that's why the Nazis created the, I think it was at first called Turnabteilung, you know, the, the bodybuilding uh, department. And then that's what turned into the SR, you know, they're basically a militia that at f- I think at first was defending the, the, the Nazi, um, you know, I don't want to don't want to Count sympathetic to the Nazis, but that's just the, the historic fact. Um, and then, of course, they started doing the same thing as the communists did. You know, they went to the communist uh, speeches and beat up people, and then they were actually, you know, having you know, having fights in the street, um, beating each other up and shooting each other and stuff like that. Um, and you know, this is where a lot of uh, Hitler's uh, success came from. Um, he he capitalized on the fear. Um, of communism in in the uh, population, which of course I I feel like is a um, is a is a valid fear to have. You know, I, I don't want the state to take all my property away. That's a valid fear. It's just it drove people into the arms of of a ideology that is even way worse. Um, but you know, these socialism fascism these these ideas vaguely play in the same league you know i don't want to say like one is as bad as the other or whatever or is nazi as bad as stalin you know we had the whole historica streit in germany about this like historian war where it's still not resolved and i don't want to get into all of that i'm just saying these are both ideologies and the interesting thing in today's political landscape is um of course, fascism is 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 seeing extremely negatively, uh, whereas socialism isn't. And yes, you know, socialists haven't caused the ho- have not caused the Holocaust, but you know, they socialism as an ideology is responsible for dictatorships. 
and for millions of people getting killed in the Soviet Union. Um, and, you know, not millions, but, you know, people getting killed in Germany. You know, they built a wall. They built a border with automatic, like literally automatic, there were wires strung and there, there were machine guns. And if you tried to cross the border, you'd get shot. And several people did. Um, you know, they built a whole surveillance, surveillance state. So that's, you know, if you talk about surveillance capitalism, uh, <laughs> And people say, well, you know, kind of the solution is to abolish capitalism. Like, what comes after capitalism? Do you want socialism? Because socialism is the original, the OG, you know, surveillance socialism. I mean, that's, they invented that. That is, you know, the Stasi. And state states run on, you know, the Cheka in the Soviet Union, which became, you know, eventually became the NKVD and then the KGB. Um, you know, a state propped up by an intelligence apparatus that, does nothing else than spy on its own people. Um, so I, I feel like this is why why this whole topic is important. Because, you know, if you use terms like late-stage capitalism, and if you say capitalism has to go, you have to understand several things. First of all, you're not actually talking about capitalism. In most countries, and, you know, even in the US to some degree, it is a, it's a social economy. Um, it is not a it is not a completely free market. The, the market is governed by laws that a democratic state does, right? That that you know, if um, I mean the the, the coronavirus shutdown is the, the best example. Um, the state decided to shut large parts of the economy down, right? Um, so it's not completely capitalism, and on the other hand, if you if you say you want to get rid of capitalism, the next question is what system do you um, do you want? I mean, we're an industrialized society, so we can't go back to to pre-industrialized whatever was you know economy that was before capitalism. Like we can't back, go back to feudalism or something like that um, or mercantilism. Um, we're an industrialized society. And the only other system that was ever tried <laughs> is communism, socialism, um, and with the with the um, consequences that I have just laid down. And that is that is that is the topic for today. I know that was heavy, heavy stuff, but I think it's very important. Um, I hope. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you understood why I'm doing this on the private citizen. And while I why I feel it is important. And if you have a different perspective, please write in. Um, contact details will be in the show notes. Um, as I said at the beginning of the show, we do not have any feedback because I just recorded another, you know, this is just a day after the previous episode. Uh, so... No, no, nobody wrote me yet. Um, but, you know, I want to reiterate how important I think a dialogue is with with the producers of the show, um, also known as the listeners. And I feel, especially with a topic like this, which, I mean, there, there, there probably was something in there you disagreed with. Um, I'd love to have a discussion with you on that. Now, if you got any value out of this, if you learned something, maybe something that you can't get on 
on Wikipedia these days because I don't know. People are lacking in education, or I don't know what the problem is. Then you know, maybe maybe um, under the value for value model that this podcast is produced under, maybe we want to give some value back, and you can just decide how much that was worth to you, and you don't have to. It's completely. I I mean I'm I'm not saying this every time I mean this. I mean this is a this is a free freely downloadable podcast for a reason i don't want to guilt anybody into uh, giving me money that's that's not the point uh, but if you want to if you want you know want to help me um continue producing this then you can there's a a patreon that you can sign up to um link is in the show notes and of course uh, you can also send me one off contributions via paypal the email address for that's also in the show notes but i'll read it out uh, for you it's producers at fab.industries producers at fab.industries fab.industries being my uh, my main website and block man my voice i mean hear that that's just like my throat being just completely destroyed by by hay fever This is like when, when, when after one hour I can't talk anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you also can find the contact uh, details on fab.industries. But uh, as I said, link in the show notes. And I want to give credit to everybody involved, to all of the producers. And um, first of all, I want to give credit to uh, Raul Kabzali, who wrote the song Acoustic Roots, which I love and I licensed to use as the theme tune for this podcast. And then I need to thank ByteMark, ByteMark.co.uk. Um, they are a cloud hoster in the UK um, that graciously provides me with servers um, and bandwidth to, um, you know, get the episodes to you. That's where you download the audio files from and it works. It's, it's worked amazingly uh, well. For, for probably close to a decade now um so i do i love bitemark for that i would like to thank them and then i have to thank everybody uh who who has uh, supported this episode of the podcast and is keeping the show on the air and those people are niall donegan michael mullen jensen jonathan m hathy georges walther dave Butterbeans, Mark Holland, Steve Hose, Shelby Kruver, Kai Sears, Vlad, Jackie Plage, 1I11G, Fadi Mansour, Philip Klostermann, IKN, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Matt Jellyman, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, David Potter, Dave Amrish, Mika, Vitautus Sadowskis, Ricky M, Drive Zero, Martin, Jonathan Edwards, Barry Williams, Sylvia Vulcan and SJ. Thanks to all of you. Um, I appreciate it very much. Um, you you literally are keeping this show on the air, and it's 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 helping me out um, significantly, especially at the moment where you know, as I said, <laughs> oh my god, repairing as this motorbike was so expensive. Oh so fucking expensive um but i'm 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 continuing to plot along um thanks in no small part to all of you so i appreciate it a lot i hope you enjoyed this episode um 
next episode's going to be more more traditional, I think. But uh, you know, once in a while, I want to probably do one of those and lay down some groundwork. And as I said, I hope um, it's provided you with some some interesting information and maybe you learned something you didn't know before. Which you know, it's kind of my kind of my goal to uh, tell people things, uh, make them think, and engage them with with the world we live in. That's uh, it's a lofty goal, but it is my goal. And uh, if you don't want to do that, you can always aim to misbehave. See you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>